is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. This is going to be a hell of a show. I hope you'll stay with us. On this Friday, I don't put my foot on the brake. We're not tapping the brake here. We're hitting the gas pedal. You know, I was on Sean Hannity's TV show last night on the Fox News channel. And when I was speeding from the radio bunker to the TV studio bunker to do the show, I was thinking about how to approach this issue of Bob Mueller. Those of you who listen to this program on a regular basis, you know we've been really on the cutting edge of this, and I will explain that a little later, too. In fact, every significant part of this investigation, we've been on the cutting edge. And I want you to listen to this just a few minutes. Some of you weren't able to watch it last night. Some of you did, but it's important to emphasize this because it'll be foundational to the rest of what I want to talk about. And I think what you'll notice also is when I lay out these things, when I try to take these very, very complicated issues related to the Constitution, criminal law, the details of criminal law and so forth and so on, I try to make them as understandable as possible. And what typically happens is, and it's really quite fascinating, I don't have time to listen to all these other hosts, but Mr. Producer does, everybody else does, and I get emails, is that they're repeated, and they they wind up in the conversation. And this is a good thing. They wind up in the conversation. Most of the people in this business are not constitutional scholars. In fact, most of them haven't read the Constitution from beginning to end. Most of the people in this business do not understand the intricacies of criminal law, impeachment, indictments, jury trials, and all the rest. And so it is important that when I present these things, that I do it accurately. But it's important that I do it because most of the others have no idea what they're talking about. And it's not a put-down. They, they know a lot of other things about other things. But in this area, they don't know very much. So it's very important that I do it. Because I want you, after all, the 8.5 million people who listen to this program every week, and that's just terrestrial radio. On the digital side, we have, I don't even know, 7 million, 8 million? That I communicated with you and that you communicated with your family members and friends and cohorts and so forth. So this is what I said on Hannity's show last night as I thought through where this is going with Mueller and Trump world. Cut one, go. When I read The Judge on Friday, I thought of you years ago. You wrote an incredible book. It's called Men in Black. And you wrote... Other the Liberty Amendments recently and, and an American uh, tyranny. What's um, uh, Liberty versus oh, tyranny. so many of them? OK, no, these are all great books because you're a constitutional scholar. 
You see what is happening. You heard what that judge said Friday. They're putting the screws to Manafort. It has nothing to do with collusion. They want him to sing. Be careful, because he may not just sing. He may compose. And I was proud of that judge, because that judge nailed it. And now you see Sarah Carter's report tonight. Comey and Mueller coordinating? Tell me why this is so wrong and the audience. Well, let's hope the judge is... um not just a gas bag, and actually does something about what he said. Let's drag us all back, if we will, for a few minutes to the Constitution, okay? Because that's the bottom line, and this is where it's going to wind up. And the Attorney General and the Deputy Attorney General really have to answer some fundamental questions about this investigation. Mr. Mueller wants to interview the President, and he wants to interview him under the most onerous circumstances. What is the purpose of an interview like that, based on those 49 general areas? His purpose is to indict the President. Now, what's the purpose of indicting the president, to try the president and to find him guilty? What's the purpose of a conviction? It's to remove the president of the United States from office. That's the bottom line. No president has ever been indicted while in office. Not one. No president has ever been forced before a federal grand jury. Not one. No president has ever been removed from office by the United States Senate and two-thirds vote of the Senate. Not one. Mueller's purpose... His purpose is to remove the president. That means one man, got it, that means one man, one jury would usurp the power, the entire constitutional power of Congress, the power to remove a president. You can indict every other public official, a judge, for instance, while they're in office, and go through the impeachment process. You cannot do it with a president. And I'm going to tell you, I've been studying this for decades. I'm studying it now. Here's the authoritative book. So what's going on now? It takes two-thirds of the Senate to remove a president. Not one prosecutor, not one jury. So my question is, from a constitutional perspective, to Attorney General Jeff Sessions, it's time to step up. To the Deputy Attorney General, it's time to pay attention. To the entire country, to all the lawyers you bring on here, This that is going on here now, these fights over whether he's going to be subpoenaed the president, whether he's going to answer questions, whether he can be indicted in office. I want people to understand that the framers never even contemplated what's going on today. They never contemplated that one prosecutor, a civil servant, a bureaucrat appointed by somebody else would have the power to effectively remove the president of the United States. The reason why the Democrats are hanging their hat on Mueller. The reason why the media are hanging their hat on Mueller, they'll never get two-thirds in the Senate to remove this president. I don't care if they impeach him. They'll never get two-thirds. It's never happened before. So what they're hoping to do is trap him in this, this notion of a subpoena and questioning, indict him, try and humiliate him, try and force him in front of a court, hope that they get the Supreme Court on their side, which I doubt they will, but you never know with these courts and then get them to resign. That's their game plan. You heard it here first. This is very, very important. From a constitutional perspective, as I speak, Mr. Mueller is undermining the Constitution. He's not upholding the rule of law, whether he's consulting with Comey or consulting with Nostradamus. My point is this. (laughs) What's going on right now is anti-constitutional and is undermining our system. The framers wanted the body politic to decide on whether or not to remove one branch of government, just as the body politic put that person there in the first place. The media are too ignorant, they're too liberal, they're too obsessed to understand this, but I'm hoping tonight, with a few minutes here, the American people will. All right, now I'm back live.
And I'm told today that at least two hosts repeated that almost word for word. Two hosts in my business. This is a very bizarre business I'm in. Two hosts. Well, shame on them. Now, let's walk through this a little bit. Why I think you listen to this program, why I think we have a special relationship. All you Levinites out there. You know, 6 p.m. on the East Coast, 5 p.m. in other parts of the country, 3 p.m. on the West Coast, you can be doing a whole lot of other things, particularly on a Friday. But you listen to my show. The downloads of this show for people who don't even listen on terrestrial radio is in the five, six, seven million category every month. You must listen to the show not because I'm Henny Youngman and can crack 50 jokes at a time. Not because I do a lounge act. Because I am convinced that you really want to know what's going on. I don't mean from TV and everything. You really want to know the substance. I come to this job with a mission. It's not just work for me. It's a passion. And so before I get to this microphone, I've already put in seven, eight hours trying to approach something in a certain way. That's why I'm on at 6 p.m. I'm not on at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. or noon. Although I have to be honest with you, I've been thinking lately, maybe I ought to move up. Maybe I should move up to noon or 10 a.m. or 3 p.m. or whatever it is. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Now let's walk through this because many of you are with me on a fairly regular basis or as much as you can be as I do this program. On March 2nd, on a Thursday, 2017, I spent several hours before coming on the air because something struck me about what I'd been reading. There were leaks that were going to the New York Times, the McClatchy Press, the Washington Post, other outlets. And I noticed a pattern. I noticed a pattern. Were they trying to brutalize the president? Yes, of course. And then I went back. I went back to 2016, that summer, during the course of the campaign. And then I went forward through the fall. I said, holy mackerel. Ask Mr. Producer. Holy mackerel. They've been spying on the Trump team. Remember that, Rich? They've been spying on the Trump team. I don't really have my hands completely around it. But something is wrong here. Now, look, that's because of my experience as a former chief of staff to an attorney general, familiar with FISA, familiar with the intelligence side of the House and things of that sort. If I had a different kind of background, it wouldn't click in, but it clicked in. And so I spoke to you on March 2nd, 2017. You can pull it up. I'm not going to play clips from it and I put together what were the parameters of much of what we know today when I was done with the radio program I said this isn't enough I got to dig some more as a result of that radio program um, 
Breitbart took off with it. The president took off with it. I said, I got to dig some more. I was invited on Fox and Friends, I think it was Sunday or Saturday, and Pete Hegseth, who's a terrific guy, interviewed me. And they had me on for two full segments. It was supposed to be one segment. They asked me to stay over. And I took the essential evidence that was in the public record. I don't have subpoena powers. And I organized it into eight exhibits. And I went through it on national TV. I said, look at this. And I talked about FISA and all the rest of it as best as I could glean from the public record. Then I was invited on Sean Hannity's show on March 6th. I did the same thing. Then I came under a withering attack. Withering attack. CNN and Jake Tapper and Brian Stelter, ABC News, Brian Ross, who apparently doesn't exist anymore, MSNBC, the Associated Press, on and on and on. Right-wing conspiracy theorist. Kook. Kook. Somebody with my credentials, both professional credentials, my educational credentials. I was now a right-wing conspiracy theorist kook. And I said to my wife, I'm on to something. I'm on to something big. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's big. And I fought back for two weeks. And I can count on one hand the number of people in this business, in the conservative talk radio business, who backed me up. And even some of my friends sat silently. They were so scared and nervous about what was taking place. Not me. Not me. I continue to dig throughout the year. That's what I do. That's how I'm trained. June 10th, 2017. I dug up the old Department of Justice memoranda. Two memorandum. Collectively memoranda. The one from the Nixon administration and the one in 1973 and the one from the Clinton administration on the way out, October 16, 2000. And I studied them. And I said, again on the radio and on Hannity's TV show. The official position of the United States Department of Justice is you cannot indict a sitting president. I've said it over and over and over again since. Well, all these so-called experts were on TV and on radio, professors, former prosecutors, they just ignored it. But I wouldn't ignore it. Because it's seminal. It goes to the heart of everything. If you can't indict a sitting president, then what are we doing? I mean, you can investigate him. But still, that's a pretty fundamental point, isn't it? And then I kept bringing it up two months ago when I was on TV, Levin TV, radio, Hannity, Fox and Fred. Kept bringing it, you can't indict a sitting president. You can't outside your sitting. So now everybody's pointing out, you can't indict a sitting president. This is how it works. Ladies and gentlemen, it's very important. I want to go through some more of this with you. Because I'm doing this for a reason. We'll be right back. Lovin.
take our time. We're going to walk through this and bring us out the other end. Cannot indict a sitting president, according to the Department of Justice. According to Department of Justice regulations, the special counsel must follow the policies of the Department of Justice. This is central, isn't it? I've been barking this for a year. So subpoena president to appear before a grand jury? I was the first to say no. Fight it. Alan Dershowitz was on there. He said, we really don't have any options. So, well, of course he does. Don't do it. The purpose of those 49 question areas is to indict the president. Purpose of an indictment is to try the president and remove him. All of which is unconstitutional. And I know it's unconstitutional, and not just because the Department of Justice said so in two memoranda. It's because if you study the impeachment issue, which I've done next, you realize that the only way you can remove a president of the United States is by the Senate. The Senate. Not a prosecutor. Not a jury. Not a court. The Senate. Stay with me. We'll continue. I'll be right back. Liberty's Voice. Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. The only way the president can be removed is by the Senate. The 25th Amendment is inapplicable here for reasons I don't need to get into. It is the sole constitutional method for removing a president. That's what the framers said. They spent a lot of time looking at this, impeachment generally, and they weren't really looking at impeachment of judges. Impeachment of judges isn't even in the Constitution, but they are covered. They weren't talking about impeachment of a vice president. They are talking about, really, effectively, the impeachment of a president. And we talked a little bit about this earlier this week, didn't we? And they debated it, and they went through great pains about what it should mean, English common law. George Mason made his recommendation. James Madison disagreed, and they came up with the language that they have now for impeachment and the trial in the Senate. In Britain, while our men were debating the Constitution in Philadelphia— They had a similar system. The charges would come out of the House of Commons and the trial would take place in the House of Lords. So they copied that part of it from the British. The definitions they used, high crimes and misdemeanors and so forth and so on, they took the definitions in English common law, accepted some and adjusted others. They also made the point, Hamilton did, that the president shouldn't be, his existence shouldn't be at the behest of the Senate. So they wanted a mechanism to remove a president if necessary, but not to have a president threatened day in and day out with impeachment, which is what's happening today. But it's much more pernicious today because we have a prosecutor who I think believes he has the power to remove a president. And we have a Democrat party with that belief too. I want to reiterate to you, 
No president has been indicted while in office. No president has been forced to appear before in person a federal grand jury. No president has been tried for any crimes while in office. A prosecutor and a jury cannot substitute for the United States Senate. Cannot. And it's never happened in American history. Now, as I was thinking about this, I think it was last weekend, I posted something on Facebook, or it may have been before, and we talked about it. As a matter of fact, it was before that. And I talked about it with Joe DeGeneva and Dan Bongino on Life, Liberty, and Levin. And it was this. Congress has a responsibility to step up right now and to protect the Constitution and the executive branch from Mueller, as opposed to protecting Mueller, who is the perpetrator in this case. We talked about that on this show and on Fox. And there should be hearings, and Mr. Mueller should be forced to testify about the positions of the Department of Justice in those two memorandum about the position of the framers of the Constitution when it comes to removal, rather than running to his defense. We talked about that. Apparently somebody's written an op-ed about that now. Good for them. The day after the election. I'm not going to bore you with clips. We could do this day in and I'm not going to do it. I told you they were going to try and impeach this president or indict him. Because they hate him. And they've always hated him. I objected strenuously to the way that retired Lieutenant General Michael Flynn was treated. When virtually everybody else abandoned him around here. And I told you then, something was terribly wrong about the way this man was treated. And I smelled a rat. Not because I'm prescient, but I've been around. I smelled a rat. That he was set up somehow, some way, but I didn't know exactly how. Now we know. Now we know. Paul Manafort. I objected to the way Manafort was being treated. I don't know the man. I don't know anything about him. But the abusive tactics by the FBI of Mueller and Mueller digging into issues in 2005 and 2007. I don't need a federal judge to tell me what's going on. You and I talked about this months and months and months ago. Wildly out of control, the prosecutor. Wildly outside his mandate. Even when it came to the House Intelligence Committee Chairman, Devin Nunes, who was being trashed and attacked by the media, by Lindsey Graham, by the... Republican chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, by John McCain, by a whole bunch of people, including our own media. I said, no. Devin Nunes is a hero. For six months, he had to sit on the sideline when a phony ethics complaint was filed. And the people in my business were wetting themselves. They wouldn't come to the man's defense. I came to his defense because I've seen this before. I've seen it before. And they tried it with me. Because he's on to something. Because he's a fighter. Because he's trying to get to the bottom of this. And we've talked about this. Over and over again about Mueller's abuse of power. His preposterous indictment of 13 Russian trolls. Right out of the box we talked about this. 
how ridiculous this was. We've talked about his ties to Comey and Rosenstein. We've talked about his past cases. And we've talked about how Rosenstein should never have been involved in these matters. He's a witness. He wrote a memo proposing the firing of Comey. He shouldn't be anywhere near this matter, but he is. We've talked about that at great length. Read from his memo. When the leaks against Trump were coming fast and furiously, we said they have to be coming from the top ranks of the FBI. I even told you about the former deputy director of the FBI, Felt, that he was deep throat. He was the guy leaking a Watergate. And we talked about this. And I said, well, guess what? Somebody at the top of the FBI, I don't know who, is leaking because that is the mothership. They're the ones that know who's being investigated for what. Turns out, they're all leaking. Comey, McCabe, Strzok, Page, others. Top of the FBI. Having, again, based on my experience, I insisted that Congress needed to secure a copy of the FISA applications to determine what information was used to secure a remarkable, extraordinary warrant. First, I thought against Trump world generally, but then we later learned it was against Carter Page to go through the back door to surveil Trump world. You had to get a hold of the applications to find out what the hell was going on. Well, eventually, they got a hold of enough of it to find out what was going on. The dossier, the infamous dossier, funded by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC. Smelled another rat. Something wasn't right about that FISA. Something wasn't right. And now we know what wasn't right. I've been insisting that it's not possible all of this could be taking place without the White House knowing about most of it. Without Obama knowing about most of it. So much of it was already in the media. How would Obama not know about it? I contend to this day. He did and he does. All roads go to Obama. And I believe they do. When Comey, quote unquote, briefed the president-elect about the dossier and only mentioned a little piece, the most embarrassing the most humiliating, involving the Russian prostitutes. I told you then he did that so he could blackmail the President of the United States. More than set him up, but if necessary, blackmail him. Comey knew that wasn't true. Comey knew the source of that information. Even though he's on his book tour and he says, "Ah, I don't know, nothing, he knew. He knew it wasn't true. So why did he present it to the president? To give him a heads up? Well, if you're going to give him a heads up, wouldn't you tell him who funded it? He wasn't curious about that. I don't believe any of it. Comey was telling the president of the United States, in my view, I have this. Look what I have on you. You know, Jay Johnson, later, 
would say that he was concerned that Comey not not brief the president because it might look like it was a threat. I believe it was a threat. To this day, I believe it was a threat. Then this issue of unmasking that we've talked about at great length over the course of the last 18 months or so. We still haven't gotten to the bottom of this. The unmasking of American citizens, the leaking of Flynn's name. We had a good idea whose fingerprints were on this. Susan Rice. Turns out she was one of them. Samantha Power at the United Nations. She was another one. And there were others that played a key role in unparalleled amount of unmasking of American citizens in the lead-up to this election. It's still an area that requires thorough investigation. And I argued that the Obama administration, Obama, Rice, Lynch, Comey, Brennan, Clapper, had failed to effectively address Russia's interference in our election. It was on their watch that the Russians were mucking around in our election. And they've never been held to account. Never. The victim, Trump, is under investigation. Not the men and women who allowed it to occur. They're on the sidelines shooting spitballs. They did next to nothing. Next to nothing. And they waited. Wasn't until shortly before the general election that Obama made it public. And even informed Congress, because as I surmised at the time, they thought Hillary would win. And they didn't want to do anything to raise any suspicions about her victory or any questions about it. So they waited. And we know they did nothing. Turns out, we learned that Susan Rice, in August of 2016, directed the White House cybersecurity team to stand down. The head of that team said, Hey, look, the Russians are trying to interfere with the election. Let us put a memo together for the president. Let us give him options. Stand down, she said. And no memo, no options. Because you'll box the president in. Box him into what? Box him into what? And during the last 18 months or so, especially March 2017... Well, it's a sore point with me. I received almost no support at the beginning of this. Almost none. You can go back and check this stuff yourself, including from some friends. And I won't forget it. Many of whom are out there now beating their chests about how they did this and how they did that and how they discovered this. I'm not into that. I'm laying out what I've done on this show and how seriously I take this. You know, ladies and gentlemen, you know me by now. I didn't start out in radio. I started out wanting Ronald Reagan to be president when I was a young man. I didn't even know who he was. I was from Pennsylvania. He was from California, but I knew he was a conservative. I knew we needed a conservative. So I, 1976, I took on the 
Republican establishment, a bunch of Young Turks and I did in Pennsylvania to try and get support in Pennsylvania. They were backing Ford. 1980, the same thing. The Reagan Revolution. I was such an honor to be part of that and to work for that man for eight years. The Tea Party Revolution. Such an honor to be part of that with liberty and tyranny and to attend the rallies. Then we duped it out in this election. I supported Cruz in the primary and I supported Trump in the general. And we're duking it out now. This is my life. This is what I do. This is what I believe in. It's not a joke with me. And what's happening to this country now In this domestic surveillance, I've told you it's the greatest scandal of all time. This domestic political surveillance by an administration against the opposition candidate, the opposition party, the use of the FBI, the use of the CIA, the use of other intelligence agencies, the use of FISA. By God, this is a serious matter. I'll be right back. We're trying to do two things at the same time, you and I, and it is a monumental task. Protect and defend a constitutionally elected president from a coup and simultaneously expose the forces of tyranny who are behind this. And this is no easy task. And you and I, we will stick together. We will do everything we can. You know, more than one million children became victims of identity theft in 2017. And families paid $540 million out of pocket to cover the cost of the fraud. Kids' identities are worth tons on the black market. Thieves open accounts and parents don't find out for years, often when they apply for financial aid for college. It's a horrific situation. With school and medical records now digitized and even young kids routinely online, the risk is growing faster than ever. But you don't need to worry, because you can protect your family right now with My ID Care. My ID Care covers you for the nine types of identity theft, including child ID theft, with great family plans. And they provide a 100% identity recovery guarantee or your money back. That's the difference between My ID Care from the other guys. You need top-tier identity recovery that they stand by with their guarantee. My ID Care does exactly that. You and your kids need protection, and you need My ID Care. I have it. My parents have it. Uh, and when it became available, you know, they used to just represent major corporations and so forth, but when it became available to me, my family, and my wonderful audience, you, I said, okay, we need to get the best. And that's what we've done here on the Mark Levin Show. So learn more and get 15% off at myidcare.com slash mark. That's myidcare.com slash mark or call 866-334-3084. That's 866-334-3084 or myidcare.com slash mark. By the way, I hope you will join us on Sunday with Gary Sinise on my Fox show, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Um, 
I already taped it because I had to because I'm going to go to Israel tomorrow and I'm going to come back Tuesday morning. My buddy Dan Bongino will be sitting in on Monday. But I want to watch this with my own two eyes, this historic event where the American embassy is actually opened in the city of Jerusalem. You and I have fought for this. President of the United States did it. And I want to be a witness to history. And when we come back or when I come back from there, I'll let you know all about it. But please watch Sunday. It's a magnificent show with Gary Sinise. Sunday, 10 p.m. on the Fox News Channel. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. By the way, today is May 11th. And 27 years ago, we had a wonderful son by the name of Chase, which means it's his birthday today. And I couldn't be more proud of him, Chase Levin, and uh, just a wonderful, wonderful young man. And our family really adores him. So happy birthday, son. It's 2,000 miles away, which drives me nuts, but there you have it. Happy birthday. Now, you've been hearing about a possible mole or spy or informant planted in the Trump campaign. Now, this is amazing. And I'm reading from PJ Media. There may have been an FBI spy interacting with the Trump campaign in 2016. Kimberly Strassel reported in the Wall Street Journal Thursday evening. She will be on this program in 20 minutes. Adding fuel to the long-held suspicions that an FBI DOJ mole had attempted to ensure, excuse me, ensnare Trump campaign advisors in some sort of Russian collusion trap. The unmasking of American citizens. The use of a dossier with the Kremlin's input paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC. Leaking at the top levels of the FBI. Abuses of power, in my view, by Mr. Brennan and Mr. Clapper. And Mr. Comey. And the media defend it all. The media defend it all. What a useless bunch of buffoons who have become our modern day journalists. How embarrassing are the Jake Tappers and the Chris Cuomos and the Rachel Maddows and the on and on the list goes. How, how despicable. And they claim that they're the ones who want to pursue the truth. They don't want to pursue anything except Donald Trump. Now this revelation comes after Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein again backed down after a protracted fight with Republicans on the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, allowing members to view classified documents by the top secret intelligence source. 
that was part of the FBI's investigation of the Trump campaign. Well, we're not clear on that yet, actually. They're negotiating. But before I go past that too quickly, did you hear what that says? A top secret intelligence source was part of the FBI's investigation of the Trump campaign. What is this, Venezuela? Cuba? What is this? The FBI and DOJ had apparently been hiding the critical information from congressional investigators for months in order to protect the top secret intelligence source. Right, Strassel. In a Thursday press conference, Speaker Paul Ryan bluntly noted that Intelligence Chairman Devin Nunes' request for details on the secret source was wholly appropriate, completely within the scope of the committee's long-running FBI investigation and something that probably should have been answered a while ago. Translation, the department knew full well it should have turned this material over to congressional investigators last year, but instead deliberately concealed it. This would be the same Devin Nunes who's been trashed by Republicans Trashed by conservative talk radio hosts in the past. Nunes doggedly pursued the matter, last week issuing a letter and a subpoena demanding more details, but Rosenstein's response was to accuse the House of extortion and claim that declining to open the FBI's files to review was a constitutional duty. <clears throat> As I've said a thousand times, show me where the Justice Department and FBI are in the Constitution. I can show you where Congress is. They have a whole article. Justice asked the White House to back at Stonewall, Strassel notes, and it even began spinning that daddy of all super spook arguments that revealing any detail about this particular asset could result in loss of human lives. The FBI and CIA's top secret intelligence source, according to the Washington Post's anonymous law enforcement leakers, is a U.S. citizen. See, it was originally leaked to the Washington Post. So we know it must be true. Is a U.S. citizen who was involved in the Russia counterintelligence investigation. How do you like that? A mole planted in the Trump campaign. Or somebody in the Trump campaign who was turned to become a mole. Explains Strassel. When government agencies refer to sources, they mean people who appear to be average citizens but use the profession or context to spy for the agency. Ergo, we might take this to mean that the FBI secretly had a person on the payroll who used his or her non-FBI credentials to interact in some capacity with the Trump campaign. A spy. This would amount to spying, and it's hugely disconcerting. It would also be a major escalation from the electronic surveillance we already knew about, which was bad enough. Obama political appointees rampantly unmasked Trump campaign officials to monitor conversations while the FBI played dirty with the surveillance warrant against Carter Page, failing to tell the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court that its supporting information came from the Hillary Clinton campaign. These are things I already talked about, but you know. Now we find it may have also been rolling out human intelligence. Certainly, I didn't know that. John le Carre style to infiltrate the Trump campaign. Also potentially problematic is the timing of the spy operation because it could indicate the FBI has not been straight with congressional investigators about when their counterintelligence investigation started. The Bureau insists that the basis for their probe was George Papadopoulos, his drunk, drunken ramblings in July 2016. But if the spy was put in place prior to that, 
the FBI has some explaining to do. And I never believed it was Papanopoulos anyway. Now, the Daily Caller's Chuck Ross details an odd interaction between Papadopoulos and Stephen Halper. See, some people are wondering if it's this Papadopoulos guy. I have no idea. Now, the Stephen Halper is a foreign policy expert and Cambridge professor with connections to the CIA and British counterpart, the M-16. Two months before the 2016 election, Halper requested a meeting with Papadopoulos and asked him a number of questions about Russia that made the junior campaign advisors suspicious. According to the Daily Caller, Halper met with two other campaign advisors as well. Judicial Watch's Tom Fitton commented on this latest shoot a drop in the Russia probe on Fox News. He said the Justice Department takes the approach of the modified limited hangout in terms of information it releases. That's true enough. So we're going to get into this in more detail with Kimberly Strassel, who seems to have a source or two, uh, so we can pursue this. The unmasking of American citizens by Obama officials. The surveillance of an American citizen through the FISA court by Obama officials. The use of a dossier funded by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC with the Kremlin's fingerprints on it by Obama officials. Conversely, the unbelievable obstruction of the Hillary Clinton investigation by the investigators themselves. And while we're trying to sort this out and get to the bottom of this cabal, we're having to try and protect the President of the United States from this silent coup, which isn't so silent anymore. So I've been doing everything I can to use my noggin to try and figure out his best arguments and the best ways to fight this from a constitutional perspective. And I think I have. I cannot predict what the Supreme Court will do with this. Anything's possible. You've got a few knuckleheads on there who read the newspapers and want to be loved. I can't tell how this will turn out. But it's coming to a head quickly on this subpoena. We'll see what happens. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Kimberly Strassel of the Wall Street Journal. You've been pretty busy, haven't you? A little bit. Hi, Mark. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. How are you? Very well. All right. I want to jump right into this. You are telling us there's a spy, a mole, an informant, whatever we want to call it, who was working within Trump world and providing information to governmental authorities? That would seem to be the case based on both what has been leaked by somebody within the government itself to the Washington Post in a story this week that described what it was that intelligence chairman Devin Nunes is looking at, and then based on some suppositions about who this is on my own reporting. Yes. You know, when you consider the unmasking that's taken place, when you consider what happened with that FISA warrant and then the extensions of the FISA warrant, uh, the funding of the dossier, the people involved in the dossier, the leaking at the top levels of the FBI, the CIA, ex-CIA director 
and the ex-National uh, Intelligence Director all over the media pushing their narrative. Have you ever seen anything like this? I've never seen anything like this. And by the way, I do think that this should rise to the level of scandalous. I mean, we are talking, and, and you know this well from your time in government, uh, that the Justice Department and the FBI are required. There are guidelines that are put out to exercise particular sensitivity in election years and around election targets. Um, and there seems to have been zero judgment exercised here in terms of the methods that they used and the extent to which they went after an active presidential campaign, by the way, in part, most part, based on the information of a rival presidential campaign. Are we seeing a full cover-up mode right now? Well, this is something that the Department of Justice should be held to account for in and of itself. And it was very notable, uh, Speaker Paul Ryan yesterday, his remarks, because he came out and he said that not only was this newness request uh, wholly appropriate, but that it was completely within the scope of the investigation that the Intelligence Committee has been running since the summer of last year, and that it's probably something that should have been answered by the Department of Justice prior to now. The translation is, they knew they were supposed to hand over this information when Nunes first said he wanted documents about what the FBI had been doing in 2016 in terms of monitoring the Trump campaign, and instead they hid it. And that, to me, is remarkable that you have an agency that is actively ducking congressional oversight and keeping things from the people that are supposed to be overseeing its work. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but events have been unleashed here. They seem to almost have a life of their own. We have a special counsel who's looking for reasons, in my opinion, to ultimately drive this president from office. And so he keeps, like the Energizer buddy, he keeps going on and on and on. There's really two things going on here at once, right? I mean, on the one hand, we're trying to figure out what happened and what is happening. And on the other hand, the potential victim of this massive scandal is under investigation. Do I have this about right? I think you do have it right in that it ties the hands. Think about this. We would know far more than we do now if uh, Jeff Sessions had not recused, been forced to recuse himself uh, because of some hyped up charges from the left uh, suggesting. I mean, that was always a ludicrous claim, as you and I both well know, the idea that a sitting senator was in cahoots with the Russian government. Come on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but they successfully made well, Unless it was Ted Kennedy, that, that would have been uh, very... Believable. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. And then we have a a special counsel investigating the president. And that has inspired, I believe, his lawyers around President Trump to advise him to keep a hands-off approach to the Justice Department for fear of risking further claims of obstruction. So the two most senior people, as it were, in the line and the chain that would have the ability to order the Justice Department to come clean on this are now basically rendered out of action. And it's been left instead to Rod Rosenstein, who was 
involved in some of this to a certain degree. We know he signed at least one of the FISA applications and who very much seems to be an institutionalist. It all seems to be about protecting the DOJ and the FBI. And we have a bunch of conflicted actors there who are clearly never going to bring this out themselves. And so, yes, we are in this holding pattern. And that's why I think we actually all owe a debt to the members of Congress who continue to push us because think about what we wouldn't know that we know today had they not just continued to go and go on this probe. And in the case of one member in particular, who I think is the standout of the standouts, Devin Nunes, when he was going deep into this, all of a sudden out of left field comes an ethics complaint to sideline him for six months. And he's under attack by his own party members on the Senate Intelligence Committee, among others talking about, oh, look at him, he goes to the White House, oh, look at him, he doesn't know how to conduct an investigation. Which brings me to this question, Kimberly Strassel. Where's the Senate Intelligence Committee? Well, the Senate Intelligence Committee, Richard Burr has focused, and he's very proud of his bipartisan committee and how he works so well with Democrats. Um, And... uh, I think that in normal times and when you indeed have uh, two parties that are acting like grown-ups, that certainly works. And you know as well as I do that for years and years, the intelligence committees in both the House and the Senate were viewed as the last bastions of grown-ups, people that did tend to put, to a certain extent, their partisan views aside a little bit more and focus on the very grave question of national security. But the Democrats have broken faith with that. And, you know, even his counterpart there, Mark Warner, we know has been playing games. He's been uh, involved talking without the knowledge of others on his committee with some of the sources and people that were involved in this affair. Uh, They seem to have put partisanship ahead. And that brings us back, by the way, to Nunes. Uh, One thing that always makes me laugh is that everything that Devin Nunes gets accused of by the left, uh, supposedly that he's ruined the relationship on the Intelligence Committee or that, you know, they are leakers. That's that's not the Republicans on the committee. That's the Democrats on the committee. Uh, Every leak we've had out there. Mark has come from the Democratic side, and every poisonous environment that we've had has come from Adam Schiff and others who have decided to make this entirely about party instead of country or truth. Is it possible that there would be, we'll use the word spy, in the Trump campaign and Mr. Comey not know about it? I find that very hard to believe. I will be honest with you. I don't like to talk about things I don't know. And obviously, I don't Mm -hmm. know what the methods and approvals and protocols are for running a source within the FBI or the CIA. Mm -hmm. But it would seem to me to be fairly unlikely that a person that claims to have been as hands-on in this uh, probe, because remember, uh, there was a lot of people that were asking why this probe wasn't being run out of different parts or different offices of the FBI. Everything was handled in central headquarters, mm-hmm. and he was right there. It would seem strange to me that he would not be aware of something like this. I want to thank you for your hard work. I know you'll keep it up, and we're going to keep watching it, as is everybody else. Kimberly Strassel, thank you for taking time, and God bless you, my friend. Thank you. You too. All right. Take care of yourself. Unbelievable. We'll be right back. This is the nation's town hall meeting. 
and you can join in at 877-381-3811. Are you hiring? Posting your position at job sites and waiting and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it? That's not the way to do it. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. Now, these invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. And right now, my listeners, you, you can try ZipRecruiter for free, absolutely free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. A couple of pieces of business, may I? Number one. The paperback version of Rediscovering Americanism is out. Now, I'm not hammering away at you on this, but if you want to get a copy, I would say now's the time. It's in every major bookstore, every minor bookstore, of course, on Amazon.com, and they give great discounts. So I'd encourage you to get it. I think it's an important book, but that'll be, you'll be the judge of that. So it's out there in paperback. And by the way, when they put it out in paperback, they slash the price of the hardback. So word to the wise. Also, I want to remind you about Amazon Echo. You can hear my show on Amazon Echo device. You have an Amazon Echo device? Just say, Alexa, enable the Mark Levin Show skill. Alexa, enable the Mark Levin Show skill. And you'll connect with me instantly. And after that, whenever you want my great words of wisdom, you just say, Alexa, open Mark Levin Show. Open Mark Levin Show. For more information, go online to marklevinshow.com and search the keyword Alexa. But one more quick time here. If you have an Amazon Echo device, just say Alexa, enable the Mark Levin Show skill. And then you'll connect immediately. And then after that, all you say is Alexa, open Mark Levin Show. I hope you'll do this. You know, a lot of our affiliates are doing this too. But if you want to do it directly with my show, that's how you do it. I wanted to mention that. There was something else, although I forgot. I'll remember it later. Tony, West Palm Beach, Florida, the great WJNO. Go. What a pleasure. Thank um, you. Just, uh, i got to be careful with this communication because when you're handling uh, a conversation with the sharpest knife in the draw, you have to be careful. Uh, you'll um, be fine. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Look, look anybody that's pro Mueller, okay, I don't care whether you're uh, Burr. I don't care whether you're uh, Lindsey Graham. I don't care who you are. You've got to be anti-Trump and anti the rest of us. Very simple. You know, anyone that you see that even uh, this Trey Gowdy that you and I both and all of us are suspicious of, when you become pro-Muller, you show you who you are right away. You know, at That's- this point, I don't know how anyone could disagree with you. Right. And the only, uh, only other point I'd like to make very quickly is that We've been struggling with how to how to um, describe uh, Avenatti, right? He's a lawyer. He's an activist. Well, I have described him multiple ways as a slip and fall lawyer, and also as a porn lawyer, and also I've been calling him Stormy Avenatti. 
Well, you see, when a guy, when a man is a represents uh, a woman for a percentage uh, of ill repute, there's only one thing you can call that person. Uh oh, that's a pimp. That's a pimp. Oh my I'm goodness. very sorry. Did I, is, that, is that a bad word? I shouldn't have said that. Yes. But I, but I, but I do feel that that's the case. This, Please uh, don't say case. pimp again. You can't keep saying pimp. I won't do that. I won't do that, Mr. Levin. Thank you so much. I, All I, right, I, Tony. I treasure your 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 daily. Uh, your teacher. You're a great teacher. God bless you. Thank you, my friend. I wish I was there right now. I have a home in that area, not in West Palm Beach. I wish I was there because I want to go to my favorite restaurant. And I shouldn't even tell you what it is because now everyone will go and I'll never get in there again. Okay, now that I started it. No, they're not paying me. No, I don't get to. I'm just telling you. It's called Flash Beach. It's in Hope Sound. I love that restaurant. Kurt. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Sirius Satellite. Go. Hello, Mr. Levin. It's an honor to speak with you. I just Thank have you. one question. Uh, today sure. I had read that on the New York Times, uh, in an article roughly about a year ago, uh, they referenced a uh, memo from uh, Ken Starr's uh, independent counsel investigation, and mm-hmm. apparently uh, Professor Ronald Rotunda yes. helped him put this together. It, it was a memo to Ken Starr from Ronald Rotunda. I've read that memo. Yes, I was wondering if you just had any um, comments uh, on the specific... Well, if I, even if I agree with it, it doesn't matter. The official position... And I've said this in the past. I've said, uh, I'm not sure the accuracy of it or not, but the official position of the United States Department of Justice is not the position of Professor Rotundo, who I have great mm-hmm. uh, respect for. The official position of the Department of Justice is the official position of the Department of Justice. Okay. And this is... Why I keep saying that Mr. Rosenstein and Mr. Sessions, yes, Mr. Sessions too, have to explain themselves. And that Congress needs to get involved. You've heard me say that too. Congress needs to hold hearings with Mr. Mueller, Mr. Rosenstein, Mr. Sessions, and anyone else they need uh, to find out exactly what's going on here. Because if they're going to create a constitutional crisis, quote unquote, uh, they don't have to sit around and wait for Mueller to be pulling the pins on the constitutional crisis grenades and throwing them all over the place. Uh, they don't have to uh, genuflect to Mr. Rosenstein and Mr. Sessions. They need to bring them in front of Congress, and they need to say, here are your two memorandum. This is your position. Now, have you changed it? And they need to grill them. Mr. Rotunda's email, uh, excuse me, mem- uh, memo is, is fascinating, but it's truly irrelevant. I mean, I could write a memo, too. It's irrelevant. The memos that matter are the two that have, are embraced by the Department of Justice. Get my point? Yes, I do. Thank you very All much. All right, my friend. Shabbat shalom. Joshua, Las Cruces, New Mexico, the great KTSM. Go. Mark, Shabbat shalom to you. I heard you were going to uh, Jerusalem. What a wonderful time for you. Thank and, you. And uh, God bless your son. Happy birthday. Thank I was you. in Jerusalem, and I was in uh, in Israel when I, I graduated high school there. I spent three years in the Middle East, and I was there oh, really? when Sadat came. And you could have heard a pin drop, uh, amazing, another amazing moment in Israel's history. And, uh, you know, I, I'll confess, I, I, it's been an honor to listen to you over the last eight or nine months. Um, I am a Demgon deplorable so I am angrier than than most. Uh, mm-hmm. I I am shocked 
having gotten a master's in public administration and a graduate oh. minor in intelligence and security studies of what has become of our nation, what has become of what used to be a Democratic Party, um, the extent of corruption. Uh, this is an obstructionist. Let's just call it treason and and set bigger, you know, bigger charges in motion. Um, the real media, what's left, uh, shows like yourself, other researching journalists, have exposed so much real facts, so much corruption, and yet there is still no action. There, there is no legal action going on against the Well, I mean, the legal and the, the, the entities that would take legal action are the entities that we're having trouble with, aren't they? Yes, they are. The and Department I of Justice, the FBI, and so forth. Posting on the oath of office. If you listen to even uh, Governor uh, Jerry Brown's first opening lines of any public official that takes an oath of office. Yeah, he's a fake and a fraud. All right, Joshua, thanks for your call. He has his fingers crossed when he's taking the oath. Plus, I don't even think he understands it. He's pretty low IQ. Joe, Vienna, Virginia, the great WMAL, go. Hey, Mark, I remember when you opened your show on February 1st, 2017, and we were talking about Michael Flynn and the FISA warrants, and you said, what did Obama know, and when did he know it? That's how you mm-hmm. opened your show back then. And um, um, I w- want to tell you that I work for the intelligence community. I've, I've, I've been with them for over 30 years, and one of the mm-hmm. things that we do, we train every year. We have to certify that we've been trained in EO12333, which is Executive Order 12333, about domestic spying. You're not allowed to uh, use national assets to spy on American citizens, and you can't, excuse me, you can't commit um, uh, corporate espionage, you can't spy on personal civilians. We're all trained and certified on domestic spying. And I think that this issue is probably the largest, the biggest scandal in the history of the country. I mean, when you compare this to, you know, the Nixon-Watergate tapes, this is times 10. And, and in true Hannity fashion, where's the outrage? Where is the and, outrage? Well, I'll tell you, and not only that, and not only that, to watch the media in this country in the face of this, is a spectacular fail under the First Amendment. They claim to be defending the First Amendment. What, what, what's, what's been exposed here to our great detriment as a nation is the extent to which the media have been devoured by the left, by former Democrat operatives, by former Democrat activists, by former Democrat staffers, and the corporatists that run these news bureaus. I mean, they really are of one mind. It really is groupthink. And everything we've always thought about the media, it's actually worse. And in the face of what is this incredible scandal that pulls all the wrong triggers, domestic surveillance, leaks by top law enforcement officers, uh, the unmasking of American citizens, the collaboration between a campaign and a political party with the Kremlin, and that would be the Democrats, by the way. Incredible. And then on the other side of it, 
the obvious affirmative effort to take out a sitting president who's broken no law to try and set him up. This is the stuff of the old Soviet Union. You know, at the time, President uh, Trump was an American, or he was a, a, a civilian. And the outgoing president is checking on the incoming president saying, what did he really, I mean, I step back for a second and think, well, what was the administration really thinking? Did they think that this millionaire, or this, excuse me, billionaire businessman was a threat or that maybe he threw the election or that there was collusion? I mean, to be honest, I love President Trump, but does he even really know how to collude with the Russians? No, and that, well, who would? I mean, the fact of the matter is they thought he was going to lose. And so uh, they were looking for dirt on him during the course of the campaign. They were leaking during the course of the campaign. That's what we pulled together in on March 2nd, 2017. They were leaking during the course of the campaign. Uh, they were gathering information in, on him and his, and his uh, crowd during the course of the campaign. And they just assumed Hillary would win. But still, you know, they needed to have that information just in case. And she loses. And so what have they done? They've turned to a post-election mode where they're trying to take him out. All right, Joe, appreciate your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, we all know from experience that mom never forgets. From your first steps in those nights, she caught you sneaking out. She's got everything logged away. So, if you somehow messed around and forgot that Mother's Day is this Sunday, how do you think Mom's going to take it? Luckily for you, 1-800-Flowers has your back with an amazing offer that'll make you feel a little bit better about waiting until the last minute. Right now, 1-800-Flowers is offering up to 40% off best-selling bouquets, arrangements, and other gifts that mom is guaranteed to love, or your wife for that matter. This offer is ending today. Today. And since I'm the cleanup hitter, that means four hours from now. Its offer is ending four hours from now. So take care of your Mother's Day needs right now. Bouquets and arrangements from 1-800-Flowers.com with an impressive amount of fresh blooms that are guaranteed to make her smile. Now to get beautiful bouquets, arrangements, and other Mother's Day goodies up to 40% off, Here's what you do. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter my last name, Levin, L-E-V-I-N. That way you'll get the special discounts. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, code Levin, L-E-V-I-N. You need to hurry because the offer ends in a few hours. And man, you're going to be up the creek without a paddle. So I strongly encourage you to do it. All right, see what we've got here. We've got Lou, our buddy Lou Milford, Connecticut, on the Mark Living app. Go, Lou. Mark, uh, this case is no longer uh, an investigation about President Trump. This is a case against the cops, the ones that are doing the investigating. I thought with this revelation by Kimberly Strassel. uh, Now, let everyone know you're a retired cop, but go ahead. Correct. I didn't think it could get any worse. I also spent time in two different task forces, uh, a state and a federal. Um, informant protocol is pretty much the same across the board. You have your informant. You have to register your informant. He gets a number. 
it's digitized. People uh, not necessarily will be able to look in the database and see the name of the number, but it's there for the supervisors, keyword, for the supervisors to know. You create a hard file with a criminal history, operator's license, work history, uh, uh, waivers, the whole nine yards. You have to do that. You have to include hard copies in the file so that you can demonstrate to the court when the time comes if you're going to use information from this informant in an affidavit to a judge. Hmm. You, have to, you have to prove to the judge that that informant is reliable. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is supervisors sign off on the reports they generate for the activities in the field, and ultimately the person in charge is going to see it, it just, especially on a case of that magnitude. To deny uh, uh, knowing what's going on is not credible. Yeah, I don't believe it either. All right, my friend, excellent call. I appreciate it. That's our man Lou, a retired police officer. Another retired police officer, John Newark, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hi, Mark. How, how are you? I'm all right. How are you, sir? You're a great patriot. Um, well, thank you. I believe uh, the, the uh, mole is Carter Page. Really? I, uh, I, I, had, I had heard on, not your, I don't think it's your talk show, I think it was Hannity when he was doing the circuit, that he had uh, testified on behalf of the FBI in the past. Now, how does that happen? Uh, is he informant? Is he expert witness? Uh, how did he testify? And nobody ever, uh, you know, pride or, or... The only problem with this theory is that the FISA warrant apparently names him as, as, uh, as a foreign agent doing things that he's not supposed to do with a foreign government. Yeah, but if, he, if he's a mole, he would be part of that, that warrant. I I don't know if they go that far. I I have my own suspicion, but I can't say it, mostly because I don't want to get sued. But I have my own suspicion. The name's bouncing around out there already. All right, officer retired. We much appreciate your call and your past service, too. God bless you. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, uh... MSLSD and Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough. Can anybody think of anything this man has ever accomplished? Anything? He's got his lovely partner there, Mika Brzezinski, if that is her name, a.k.a. the Ed McMahon of the show. But Scarborough is a very odd person. He's a fool, actually. There's a time when he couldn't get enough of Donald Trump. You remember that first speech Donald Trump gave in a joint uh, congressional speech? And apparently Scarborough at the uh, 
president beforehand in the Oval Office, and he was jumping up and down like a clapping seal. And then he uh, he went sideways with Trump, and now, of course, he's the favorite host of the North Korean generals. But he's truly a dumb guy, in my humble opinion. And I say that with all due respect. The only person dumber on that panel is his soon-to-be wife, Mika. So, uh, Vice President Pence does an interview with Andrea Mitchell. I, whoever advised him to do that, I think it was a big mistake. Andrea Mitchell is not a reporter. She's a leftist. And uh, Andrea Mitchell, you know, t- brings up the investigation, and Pence says, you know, I think it's time to get that behind us. Time to wrap it up. And the media, being on the side of the prosecutor, being on the side of the Democrats, uh, is very upset about this. And by the way, may, may I digress a minute? All day long, on network news, on cable news, all day long, we're hearing about this staffer at the White House who said something very nasty, no question about it, about John McCain. All day long. They can't just report it and move on. Now, I have to say, what John McCain's going through, I don't wish on anybody except the terrorists and so forth. And I'm sure his family is suffering. But John McCain's out there throwing barbs in his writings and so forth at Palin, at Trump, and other people. And I don't get it, quite frankly. That doesn't excuse what the staffer said. But they don't really care about the staff at the White House. They're just trying to trash Trump. Trump didn't say it, but it doesn't matter. All day long it's been going on. This network crap news that I have to listen to. Same thing. All right, back to Joe Scarborough. Do you know he has no audience? My Sunday show has more viewers than his primetime show. So uh, he wants to trash the vice president now, Mike Pence. Cut to go. I think it's a fair time to start asking this question. Yes, Joe. What did Mike Pence I, know? I, I, well, here's, here's the question. What happened to your nose? What's with the W.C. Fields nose? That's the kind of nose heavy drinkers have, you know, like Chris Matthews used to have. So I hear. I don't know for a fact, of course. Allegedly. Let's start from the top. Go ahead. I think it's a fair time to start asking this question. Yeah, what? What, what did Mike Pence know, and when did he know it? <laughs> wow. Joe, no wonder you've reached such heights of your profession at MSLSD. Nobody's smarter on that network. Maybe Al Sharpton, I'd give him. Joe's behind Al. Go ahead. Mike oh. Pence is an honorable man. Mike Pence says... But you're not, you screwball. You're not an honorable man by any measure. However you self-identify. Go ahead. lied to him. Really? Did he? Is this why Mike Pence wants this investigation to begin and then end prematurely? No, now he's a conspiracy nut job. Go ahead. Before we get the truth to all the questions... We're finding I mean, out. what are all the questions, Joe? What are all the questions, Joe, that you want the answer and the truth to, Joe? 
Does anybody think that if Joe Scarborough had his life examined like this, that he'd come out well? Anybody think so? How many skeletons do you have in your closet, Joe? I'll bet you have a whole lot. Maybe they're going to investigate your finances and your background the way the Washington Post today seeks to investigate Sean Hannity's. I've never seen anything like this. We have media outlets investigating the private business investments of a host on Fox. Has anybody else been treated this way? Even the sexual predators on the networks? Anybody else? Has the Washington Post an investigation of their owner, Mr. Bezos, Bozo the Bezos? Because Bozo the Bezos, I hear he's got sweatshops going on, he's not, people are on food stamps and so on. They don't care about that. That's their employer who pays them with that money. But do we get, uh, do we get to do anal exams, not me personally, of course, anal exams of Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski, and maybe Chris Matthews in his past? <laughs> um, you know, people like that. Go ahead. Russian oligarchs may have had money funneled to them. You're such a pig. You're such a lying propagandist. You really are. You're a grotesque disgrace. Throwing stuff out like that that you know to be false. But then again, that's why you're loved over there at MSLSD. Now we move over to CNN. Do you know CNN's ratings are tanking? Of course, Scarborough has none. But do you know that CNN as a network is getting close to non-existent? And one of the reasons is people like Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo is an idiot, certifiable. He's the dumbest of the Cuomos, and that's saying something. You ever listen to his brother, the governor? Hey, you know, shut up, you idiot. But Chris Cuomo is a real journalist, ladies and gentlemen. You want to know? I'll prove it to you. Cut five. Go. Uh, The Iran and Israeli situation. Is there any concern that pulling the United States or threatening to pull it out of the Iran deal precipitated or helped provoke uh, the actions that Israel is pointing out now in terms of missiles that were launched from Syria into the Now let's stop right there. That is incredible. That is absolutely incredible. First of all, Israel opposed the agreement. Saudi Arabia opposed the agreement. The countries right there, near and around Iran, opposed the agreement. But all that said, he wants to blame the President of the United States for the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran attacking Israel? This is a sick boy. Very sick boy. Go ahead. You know, it's unbelievable that some would try to blame the United States for Iran's actions. It's unbelievable that others would try to blame Israel for this. Iran is responsible for many bad acts around the world. We've seen that as Iran has uh, provided weapons, money, and all of that to Hezbollah operating in Syria, we've seen as Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps operate outside of Syria as, by the way, they continue to back the regime of Bashar al-Assad. And let me just remind you, it wasn't that long ago that that regime uh, gassed and killed many innocent civilians, not just once, but many, many times. So let's take a look at where these bad actions are coming from. They're from Iran and not other countries. What do you think of that, uh, Chrissy? 
moron. Go ahead. Totally understood. Do you think we're going to see more of that now that Iran is in a hostile, hostile disposition? We see. Hey, idiot. Iran is always in a hostile disposition. Don't you get it? But notice how he just fluffs off that they gas their own people. Uh, Totally understood. Uh, But do you think uh, they're a hostile, hostile disposition? Go ahead streets we see them burning the american flag we have seen them in a hostile hostile disposition for many many years and no one knows that better than our folks here at the state department when back in the 1970s they held many of our people hostage for far too long so you don't think what they did in the golan heights uh had anything he just didn't stop he's like a uh i won't say go ahead feeling like it's time to be more muscular and more militaristic? I'm not going to assume why Iran is doing what it does. I can just say that there has been a long history of Iran's uh, terror actions and its bad acts. I hope the Media Research Center captured that one. Imbecile of the Year Award. Chris Cuomo. I know they'll have them lined up because there's so many of them. But this is a American-hating buffoon. American-hating buffoon. At no time during that interview did he condemn Iran. Not once. Do you think we instigated this? Do you think we created this hostile disposition? Wait, are you an idiot? Yes, he's an idiot. That's why the ratings are tanking. There's not enough idiots to sustain that network. The idiot contingent in a population, while significant, is too stupid to even know how to find CNN. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Bottom of the hour might be interesting, or it might be monotonous. As you know, I've uh, I've endorsed a friend of mine for Congress. His name is Chip Roy. He's running in the Republican primary in the 21st district in Texas. Now, I'm not required to do this under federal law, but uh, his opponent contacted our affiliate there in San... Where was it? San Antonio? And asked to come on. So, he'll be on. Neil! Tucson, Arizona, the great KNST. Go! Yes, Neil. Hey, Mark. Go right ahead, my friend. You know, listen, first of all, I want to, you know, express my bona fides. I'm a big fan. I have a tremendous respect for your scholarship, okay? Um, I'm reading a book right now. It's Alexander Hamilton, written by Ron Chernoff. Yes. It's it's about the Constitution. But anyway, I mean, to cut to what I called about, um, Mueller, all right? I don't know how Rosenstein defined his authority and power what he's been authorized to do. But there's such a thing called a writ of habeas corpus. Am I correct? Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? Uh, doesn't Mueller have an obligation to present his evidence? You no, know, no, no, nobody's imprisoned. Uh, accus- I know a little bit. The accusatory instrument. Hello, hello, that- sir, sir, sir. Nobody is in custody. Right. So what does a writ of habeas corpus have to do with anything? I guess if the next question would be in custody, then the next question. prosecution would have the obligation. Yeah, but nobody is. Next question. All right. Um, just, an edit, just a little comment, okay? To me, in the nutshell, this investigation about Russia, all right, 
um, what has happened is the entire United States intelligence community has been used to determine the outcome of a United States presidential election. All right, sir. Thanks for your call. No, the entire intelligence apparatus has not. There are many, many brave patriots and heroes who work in our intelligence agencies. Uh, I'm not going to trash the CIA. I'm not going to trash the NSA. I'm not going to trash uh, the DIA. I'm not going to trash any of them. We've had political heads of these agencies and senior officials in these agencies who deserve to be trashed and who have abused their power. But we have men and women throughout (laughs) these agencies and throughout the FBI who are protecting us as I speak. Ben! Brandon, Iowa, XM Satellite, go. Yes, sir. Good evening. How are you? Okay. Thank you, sir. You know, it's amazing. They're sitting back and uh, they were waiting for Hillary Clinton to get elected president because once you're president, you can't be prosecuted for anything you did before you became president. Oh, yes, but you they can. Seem to forget that now. You can be prosecuted. Hold on now. Yes, you can after you're president. All over the world because he was a Thanks for your call. He just keeps talking. All right. You can be prosecuted after your president if the statute of limitations hasn't run. The statute of limitations is run. You can't be prosecuted. So according to the uh, memoranda from the Department of Justice, that's their position. Let us continue. Fingers crossed. Chris. Winchester, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Yes, uh, Mr. Levin, it's an honor to speak with you. We, uh, Thank you. We out here really appreciate your knowledge and insights. I just have two quick points of, about your topic tonight. Uh, first, it is possible that uh, Susan Rice told investigators to stand down because at the time she knew about the dossier and the Russian contacts and uh, unmasking and such, uh, and that that was going on on behalf of the Democratic Party. I suppose it's conceivable, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I of course, don't either, but it is a possibility. Um, The other larger point that I like to make, and you've probably made this yourself before, but that the uh, this investigation of of President Trump pretty much stands... uh, law enforcement on his head when on its head when you select a an individual and then you look for a crime mm-hmm. and you know take apart the person's life and interview his family members and his colleagues mm-hmm. and um it's essentially i think they should try that on joe scarborough and see how he fares well there's there's not a citizen in the united states that can stand up against that there's so i agree with you i agree with you there's so many laws and so many regulations, so many this, that, and the other. They'll trip you up. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't find anyone who's not guilty of something if you look long enough. And so that's, that's not the way things are supposed to work. You're supposed to have a, a crime that, that presents itself, and then you try and find out who committed that crime rather than pick a person and see what mm-hmm. crimes they've committed. Because, I mean, we'd all be locked what up. What Mr. Mueller's doing is typical of totalitarian regimes, past and present where you just keep, you know, conducting a brutal investigation, shaking down people, trying to get people to uh, cough up what you want, going after family members, going after the inner circle of the individual and so forth, and just keep circling and circling. 
the harassment is enough to drive most people nuts, but uh, that's what they're doing. I mean, and then they, they, bank, they bankrupt people, they put people in prison, they threaten people. Go ahead. Sure. I was just going to say there are, there are zoning ordinances that, that can carry a, uh, a, a year in jail for a violation. Mm. And there are people... Now, who, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. There's a lot of regulations out there, and it's likely that you and I and everybody else has violated something. Thanks for your call. Eric, Chicago, Illinois, the great WLS. Go! Hi, Mark. Earlier in the show, you were discussing our Commonwealth heritage, and it reminded me of the Ferrers case. In England in 1542, George Ferrers, MP, was arrested for a debt by the sheriff, who was an agent of the Crown, but he was on his way to Parliament. Parliament then defended the right of its members to travel to and from Parliament unmolested and sent its Mm -hmm. own sergeant-at-arms to liberate Ferrers from the Mm -hmm. executive branch and bring him to the Commons. By some analogy, I think that the DOJ is stonewalling Congress, and Congress should stick up for its own rights and hold those obstructionists in contempt and bring them before the House to answer the charges. Excellent call. Excellent call. Boy, you really reached back. I remember it now. You take care. We'll be right back. Levin, America's think tank. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. You know, ladies and gentlemen, what better Mother's Day gift than to get rid of those bags and puffiness under your eyes? And those sagging, droopy eyelids, too. And no, I'm not talking about surgery, either. Listen to Joanne from Connecticut. She said, my husband looks 10 years younger using Genesel. He saw results the first day he used it. I've also had remarkable results. Can't be without it. You know, Genesel by Chamonix is an easy choice. Genesel contains natural ingredients for incredible results safely and quickly. It's as simple as that. In fact, with immediate effects, you'll see results like Joanne's in as little as 12 hours or your money back guaranteed. My buddy Teddy swears by it. And for one more week, order Genesel and try Chamonix's brand new Genesel eyelid lift for droopy, sagging eyelids absolutely free. And as a special Mother's Day surprise, Chamonix will include a second surprise luxury gift, also free. So go to Genesel.com, Genesel.com, or better yet, call their toll-free number, 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Call now, and express shipping is also free. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or visit Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Two candidates running in the 21st District in Texas. Chip Roy is one. Matt McCall is another. Mr. McCall, how are you, sir? I am well. Thank you so much for having me on and for taking an interest in our race. All right. Uh, I've been trying to find out stuff about you, and I really Good. can't find I, – I well, I'm interviewing you. I really can't find out a lot. What do you do? Well, um, let, let me just say first, if I could, Mark, there's two things that I love about you, and that is, one, you're a constitutionalist, and two, you seem to be a man that's passionate about everything, and I, I love that, because I'm a passionate constitutionalist Thank you. Myself. Now, what do you do? But I own an FDA-certified human tissue bank, and I provide human tissue, I'm a distributor, to the American military in Europe and in Asia for transplants. And I've been doing that for about 15 years, and uh, so I'm in a, a, a strange issue, uh, business that um, 
you don't get wealthy at, but it's incredibly rewarding. And through business and personal interests, I've traveled in 45 countries around the world, and uh, that's, that's what I do for a living. Now, I see here you've run for Congress a few times, correct? Twice. And, you know, the average is that you have to run two and a half times on average to, to win. And really? I ran twice. Yes, I ran twice against a 28- and 30-year incumbent, uh, Lamar Smith. Uh, it was time for the next generation to get into the fight, and our country has uh, $21 trillion of debt, and I'm uh, absolutely against that. I have real daughters. It is real debt, and I don't want to leave it to them. But here, here's my question to you. Here's my question. Anybody can come yeah. on here and tell me anything, and, I'm, and I believe everything you're telling me. But I went into Texas often. I work with the Tea Party movement in Texas often. I just don't remember you. Well, Were you involved in the Tea Party movement? What, what, what activities have you been involved in to demonstrate your conservatism? I've poured my heart and soul into... I'm having a little trouble hearing you, by the way. I, I'm sorry. I said I've poured my heart and soul for the party. You asked specifically for the party. No, I don't you know? care about the party. The Tea Party is what I'm talking about. Oh, the Tea Party. Well, you know, I, I'm endorsed by the Fredericksburg Tea Party. Um, I wasn't... Most of the Tea Parties down here don't endorse. The one in San Antonio does, and they were with well, me. Who, the who did they endorse? They did endorse Chip. I think you're probably aware of that. And uh, um, the first time they endorsed me, the second time they said, uh, the head of the Tea Party said, I can't, I can't be with you this time because Lamar Smith's doing something for me. And why don't you run in 23? And I said, well, I don't live in 23. And he said, well, that doesn't matter. So now he's he's uh, running with with Chip, and Chip also doesn't live in our district, and he can't vote for himself. And so I do live in the district. Well, they read, they gerryman, you know, I look, they gerrymandered your district, and well, his kids and his kids go to school. But I'm trying to figure out about you. So before you go on the attack, I'm I'm, I'm talking I'm to you. I'm not attacking. I'm not. Hold attacking. on now. Hold on now. Ted Cruz backs Chip. Mike Lee backs Chip. Jordan backs Chip. Uh, Louis Gohmert, you may have heard of. He's from Texas. He backs Chip. Gun Owners of America. I'm looking at the list right here. Okay. Texas Right to Life. Why aren't they backing you? Well, you know, none of them have spent two minutes calling me and talking to me. And that's really a shame. But it's not uh, up to them to call and talk to you. It's up to you oh, to make your presence known. And I'm trying to figure out what have you done in this district? Well, you know, I, I appreciate uh, you. Sir, I've been a conservative activist for 40 years. Around the country, in my own district. I can tell you today what I do in my own district for the conservative cause. What have you done for the conservative cause? You know, I appreciate you're a fair-minded man, and I'd like to... Just uh, don't don't, don't give me the psycho babble. I asked you, what what have you done in your district for the conservative cause? Go ahead. Well, what did President Trump do before he ran for office? Now you're President Trump. No, I'm just saying I ran for office twice and poured my heart and soul and my finances into it. And it is a, as you've run for office, I believe, before, you know. When I was 19, yes. Yes, but you've done it. And you know what it takes. And it takes a full year in a large congressional district of putting your heart and soul into it. Sir, I've asked you, I've asked you. And that. What what have you done for conservative causes in your district? I'm just telling you, and that's it. You ran for office. Yes, against a man who co-sponsored um, what the Gun Owners of America called the Veterans Disarmament Act. But the Gun I, Owners I, of America back your opponent, Chip. Yes, well, I think that's very interesting. Are they crooked, um, too? They did. I didn't call them crooked. 
Well, well you said the head of the Tea Party, the other guy, was so, well, if you run in the other district and you don't run in my I district. I never called him crooked, now, did I? Well, I don't know why you're so, running. What are you running for? I'm running because I am a constitutional conservative. and I am Based on what? Based on the Constitution, sir. No, 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 but based and on what? How old are you? 54, sir. You're 54. You've lived a good life. What have you done? Or let me, let's do it this way. Have you worked on any campaigns at the grassroots level other than your own? Yes. Friends of mine that are on the school board. Did you work for the Cruz campaign or the Trump campaign? Why, why is this a prerequisite for anything? There's no prerequisite. I asked you a question. Okay, why are you so defensive? Not, I'm okay, trying to figure out what you've done. I don't know you. For, for In the political arena, other than running for office, nothing for the party. What I've done is I've paid a lot of taxes. And I didn't say for the party. The Ted Cruz ran against the party. Donald Trump ran against the party. You're telling me that when you had one of the biggest Senate races in Texas, you weren't involved. You're telling me when you had one of the biggest presidential elections, you weren't involved, and yet you ran for office twice for yourself. Well, Why? I 16 other people in this race because the people of this district, um, 33,000 of them voted for me last time when I ran against Smith. And they, they voted for me because they know me. And they took more time to know me. And I took time. And to I'm trying them. to know you, and the whole country's so, trying to know you, and you won't tell me. Well, I'm trying to tell you. You, know, you went through a list of questions with Chip on the air. Why don't we go through that list? Because I'm and interviewing you, and I'll do this any damn way I choose to do it. I don't well, know I don't who know you why. are, and I've asked you now. I know who he is. I know what he's done. That's why I endorsed him. I'm trying to find out what you have done. Have you worked in the Cruz campaign? No. Have you worked in the, no. in the Trump campaign? No. What conservative things have you done? I've just answered the question for you, sir. Why that is not, a qu- is not an answer. No, I've done, I'll just, I'll stipulate from your perspective, I've done nothing on that. Now, can we get on to some of the issues? All right, let's take a position. How about pro-life? I'm 100% pro-life from conception to natural death. Okay. And, and all life deserves due process. And what I would like to do is, is see a, a bill passed. And I think that what we need to do is change the rules in the House so that we can force clean bills through and make an up or down vote at everybody in the House on that issue instead of letting all the House members say they're pro life and then not vote that way. But you say, say you're pro life and you haven't lifted a finger. Oh, that's not true. What about the legislation in Texas? They had a big battle in Texas a few years back. Were you involved in that? Yes, actually I was. Went and what did you do? I went and testified, supported Donna Campbell in that battle, showed up at the, at the Good, you finally gave me some information. That's good. Tell me this. What's the How do you, uh, tell me this. I see a Twitter thing. Somebody just sent me this, and not from the campaign. Somebody in Texas. I'm looking at this here. You were in front of the League of Women Voters. Did you speak in front of the League of Women Voters? <laughs> yes, I certainly did. This is all over the Internet, right? You know what I'm talking about here. Well, I don't know about all over on the Internet. but Oh, um, it's all over the Internet. I can tell you that right yeah. now. You know, so, I, you're in, yeah, so you're in this liberal forum, the League of Women oh. Voters. They don't much like me, by the way. Well, and uh, you, you say that you wouldn't want Trump uh, to watch your daughters. Is that true? Yes, sir. It's a, you wouldn't want Trump to watch your daughters? 
it's, it's kind of a paraphrase of what Ted Cruz said. I'm not worried about Ted Cruz. I'm talking about you. Yeah, it's exactly right. I, well, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? I don't want about? Brad Pitt watching my daughters either. I didn't ask about Brad Pitt. What are yeah. you worried about? You, you, know, think Trump would, you think Trump would hit on your daughters? Do you, do you want Bill Clinton to watch your daughters? Do you have daughters? No, I don't want Bill Clinton to watch my daughters. In any way, yeah. I guess I have a I daughter, and I wouldn't mind Donald Trump watching her either. Okay, may I give the quote? May I give go, the quote? Go ahead. I, I, I watched it right on the internet, but I, go ahead. I, good. Then I said I completely support the, uh, President Trump and his policies. Not necessarily, I don't necessarily want him to watch my daughters, but I completely support the president and his policies. It was a joke. And I think the president has a pretty good sense of humor, too. Do you and support, I, do you support, I don't think you care for that, but it doesn't matter. Do you support heavy tariffs across the board on steel and aluminum? I, I don't. Support, well, you know, I think that um, the That's president, the president's position. I don't support that. Do you? I think that he is using that as leverage for the moment to get a better deal. All right, so you do support to leave them there for, for for permanent uh, tariffs. No, I don't believe in that. Um, do you support to, Do you support giving 1.8 million people citizenship like he does? I don't. No, I absolutely don't. And I've said. Well, you just said you support the president across the board. Yes, you don't support and, the president for across amnesty, the board. That the amnesty is the issue that I really don't support him on. I support him on withdrawing from this deal on Iran. Because it, that is basically the nuclear proliferation, not the nuclear non-proliferation deal. And uh, I think that he can get a much better deal. I support his negotiations and what he's done and doing in North Korea. I support building the wall because it's not just about immigration, which it is about, but it's also about nationhood. And nationhood should mean something. And citizenship should mean something. Tell me, let me, ask you, let me ask you a quick question before we're out of time. You're saying these things, some of which are good, some of which are complicated to me. How do the people in this district know to believe you? I don't see you've been very active in much other than running for yourself. No, I'm not running for myself. You got 30 seconds. That's all I have. I'm not running for myself. I'm running to serve this district that I live in. No, no, I don't mean run. I don't mean that. I'm saying other than running for office and saying these things, I don't really see that you've done any of these things. Well, I'm, you know, the Constitution doesn't require that. What it requires is that you be a citizen over 25. And All it right. requires you to go out and persuade people to vote for you. And I am doing that. And they have. If people choice. want to help you, Mr. McCall, where do they go? Really, I'm out of time. Where, where should they, they go? go? To vote. They go to com. All right, sir. You've been very, very kind, and I appreciate it. What am I doing, Rich? All right, sorry, folks. I had a rush. I didn't mean to cut him off, but I have to. You know, good news, folks. Hillsdale College is offering <coughs> excuse me, their free online Constitution 101 course again, but only for a limited time. So register right away at levinforhillsdale.com. Hillsdale is the authority on teaching the Constitution. You can take the course based on the same curriculum that Hillsdale students use taught by the same amazing professors. Close to one million people have registered, you know. Now, I know this research I'm about to share with you doesn't apply to me, to me or you, our listeners, do you know one in three Americans can't name a single right protected by the First Amendment? Do you know that uh, 33% can't even name one branch of government? Constitution 101 provides you the perfect overview. So register at levinforhillsdale.com. You'll even get a free pocket constitution for signing up. You have to know liberty to defend liberty. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin. 
Here's the thing, folks. I don't want to come off like a bully or anything like that. The gentleman wanted to come on. That's fine. I know almost nothing about him. I did a little bit of research on my own because that's what I do. And I had trouble finding basic stuff about him. And I know he wanted to come on and give his conservative speeches and everything. But I was looking for activism, any evidence, something. And unfortunately, I didn't find a whole lot. People in the district will make their decision. The 21st district at Texas. All right, ladies and gentlemen, in your honor.
armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Get Al Qaeda. Get the Taliban. Get ISIS. Get Iran. Get all those bastards. And by the way, I will see you on Tuesday. My man Bongino is in on Monday. I'm flying off to Israel, then flying back from Israel. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I appreciate you all very, very much. God bless.